Welcome to Learning with Lowell. I'm your host, Lowell Thompson. We cover biotech and science-related topics on this show, such as startups working on antibiotic drugs or colon cancer, to venture capitalists talking about funding and how that worked, to people talking about how they and you could found a science-backed startup. Two, and this is one of my favorite parts, people talking about the science, specific science-related topics such as whales or protein engineering. You're really going to get a lot, and it's all going to be about science on this podcast. Today, we're joined by Elena, the CEO, and Anna, the CTO of Biomimitech Solution, which is a startup based in the UK that produces a new generation of biomaterials for tissue. In this episode, we get into how that works, like what are the actual tissues and how they're trying to engineer it, where they form their team, where do they come from. Uh, Spoiler on that part, they're from Brazil. There is a slight echo at certain points of the audio, but it's not bad. And I think there's a lot of really fun and interesting content here. The three big takeaways are that you're going to learn about their company, what they've built, they themselves, how they found each other, and the type of advice they give other people trying to think about building their own biotech company, which I think is fascinating because they basically made something out of nothing. So let's get into this. What is each other's greatest strength? So Elena, what is Anna's greatest strength that you admire? And Anna, what is Elena's greatest strength? If uh, Elena, you want to start? Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, Anna is uh, someone who takes everything really careful she is like minimalist so she is always looking for small details for uh, easy easy ways to deliver the things for the company from people for, for people around around her and i think that's great because nowadays we need people with that sim- sim- simplicity with the, this way that uh, you, you don't need to make things complex. You just need to get in the final result and make people understand you. This is something that I like on her. So, <laughs> Alana, I think Alana is a very easy person to talk. In. And working with Alana is very soft. Is, I don't know how to say, but Alana is very uh, relaxed people. And when she needs to be a person serious, she can... She can uh, be too. So for me, it's like Alan is very easy to work. So I think for me, is a quality that I really like in her. You're you're facility to talk and to stay closer. This thing. Do you have like advanced degrees or are you like self-taught type people? So I, my background is in materials engineering. I studied here in Brazil in the city called Belo Horizonte. So. Uh, I'm also, I have a degree on chemistry and te- a technician degree here, as we call it in Brazil. It's a two years course on, on chemistry that we study industrial chemistry. And now I am more uh, into business. So I am specializing in business and in management. So I am a materials engineer like Alana. And now I am doing a master in cell biology, focused on 3D cell culture. What made you two gravitate to the hard sciences over straight business or anything else? So, uh, especially for me, I was always interested in how being an entrepreneur worked. I was never used to traditional methods of working, internships and traditional methods of working in companies. So I was looking on how can I apply science, the science I've learned in my engineering course, the science I have learned during through all my life in something real and something that can change. 
people's life, people's day. So this is when I met the girls and we we understood that this this particular uh, product we are working today could be applied applied to a new field. And this is why how I especially got into hard science field. What about you, Anna? For me, it's like I really love science and I always want to put what the research, what I am doing in the lab in the market. Uh, it, because all this research that we are doing in the university stay in the lab. So I think he, when we can do something that can change lives people, we have to put this in the market and in, you, have, you can uh, put this in our society. What's been some of the biggest struggles you, you two have overcome so far? If you want to take it away first, Elena. I think Anna told something interesting in the his in her last sentence that uh, the most uh, difficult part is how can we uh, put together the university and the entrepreneurs world because uh, especially in Brazil, in I think in South America maybe we have many we have to overcome uh, many steps, many hurdles. To, to take technology from the university and put into the market. There is no conversation. There is no uh, efficient way yet that connects the university and the market. So for us, when we started the, our, our company and when we started to understand the product, uh, the university didn't know anything about how could they uh, license the technology, how could they be with us in this in this important step. But the best thing of that is that uh, as the time passed, the, we could bring to the university this mentality, this new way to see things, and they started to be more open to this kind of movement. They started to create internal laws and internal uh, agreements for mo for to to make people more interested to do the same and to bring the technology to the market. So basically getting the, the licensing from the universities was one of the big struggles that you started with. But now that you've gotten through it, you kind of made it easier for other people to get into it, if I'm understanding it? Yeah, this is was one of the, the hardest part. The other hard part is the fundraising properly. Uh, Anna can talk what she thinks about, but at least for us, uh, it was really, really hard uh, to understand what kind of investor, what kind of uh, how how to enter in the ecosystem and find the right people to be with us in the hard science field, and but with the right per with the right people, we could understand this and find find everything. What was some of the big struggles that you noticed, Anna? Oh, I agree with Alana. I think the the question of the patent with uh, to put this product in the market in the question about the university i think this is a, a a big problem for us and the fundraising for me it's like very difficult because i have we have to prepare for all kind of investors and we have to prepare uh, all these questions about our product about the problem with the university about the patent so for me i think it's more like Alana say, I think is the problem of the universal problem to put the product in the market and the problem with the fundraising, not problem, but the difficult to, to, to talk with these investors. 
Yeah, that's kind of interesting because this Anna told something that's really true. Like in, in hard science, you have to be prepared for to deal with all the kind of public, all the kind of all kind of investors. Because some investors are really, really into your field. They really know the technology. They really know the field. Other investors or people, they didn't know. They don't know anything. They never heard about it. They think you're a lunatic person. Jumping to the thing you guys have built. When you're making your pitch, Elena, like what are the things that you tell people like when you're in the investor meetings and the, and the like? Like how do you explain it to them? So first, the, the first message we want to pass for the public in general is the importance, the importance of what we are doing because we are entering in the food tech, the clean food uh, field. This is a new a new field uh, today. It's a new way to produce food without killing animals. That's going to change and it's going to bring a lot of uh, sustain- sustainability to the environment. So the first of all, we like to start on, in this way, like uh, trying to make people think on how the actual food production is, is dangerous, it, it's, uh, it's unsustainable. And then we explain uh, what we have developed in the, in the lab, why our technology is in synergy, it's in synergy on, on, on this main purpose of sustainability, of, of everything. And, and then we go property for the, the market and the financial information. If you could explain like the exact way, I think that'd be kind of fun. Cause I was reading about it before our conversation earlier today and it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. So, you know, for people who are maybe more layman, like how would you like explain the specifics of how it works? Our technology is a platform for growing meat, growing real meat, but with, you don't need to kill animals for that. You just take animal cells and you put the cells inside our product, inside our material, and the cells start to grow and to structure into a piece of meat, to a chunk of meat. It uh, sounds like unreal, but the material is like a fiber. Think about a paper, like a thin paper. This paper, it's similar on what you have inside your body. You have cells, you have your own biology, and this material mimics this biology of your body. So the cells want, want to stay on the top of this. The cells want to interact with this. And they start to grow and they start to produce meat. So we, we, we put this in the market because we, start, we started to understand this, this field that is really, really interesting, the clean meat field. And we could see that there are some more than 10 companies in, around the world that are growing all kinds of meat you can imagine. They are growing fish in vitro. They are growing beef, pork, even prawn they are growing, turkey. And we started to look on why are these companies not in the supermarket yet? What is missing for, to, to them? And when we understood they have a problem in this part of growing the animal cells and structuring the meat. And this was the big part to us that our material has fit this necessity. We can be a part, we will be a part of this big movement on, on put this, this meat in the market. Well, that's fascinating. How how effective is it? Like I, I hear about other companies that are doing similar stuff. So are are you guys comparable to what's out there? Are you better, worse? Like how does it stack up? 
So our product is unique in the market. Uh, there are some other platforms for 3D cell culture, but Clean Meat has some specific features that they need. For example, uh, as I told you, the Clean Meat uh, movement claims for sustainable materials, sustainable methods. So all the all the raw material you use cannot be uh, from animals. It's, it has to be animal free. So our product was specially thought in uh, around these points. We we use a uh, nimble, abundant and uh, quick access, uh, accessible raw material. Uh, we uh, we work always with animal free raw materials, and we have some substance that are we found it in Brazil, Brazilian lands. That is a substance used in food that helps this material on on this part of structuring the meat and bringing some special features for the, the final meat, even color, because our our substance is kind of red. So this is this this, this doesn't have in the market. Uh, Elena, is there anything else you'd add to that? The only thing that I can say now is that the the thing interesting of about our materials that the, that our material can also be sold to the 3D cell culture market. So we can grow all of kinds uh, cells in our materials, like fibroblasts, uh, muscle cells, not only from the animals, but we can use for grow a lot of tissues. Our target market is the clean, clean meat, but we can also sell to the 3D cell culture market. Could you use this to grow hearts and stuff, or is it not? No, no, this is scaffold. Uh, you can grow all of kind of cells of, of our tissue. So we can grow uh, cells of a heart. And I don't know, maybe this can turn a, a heart in the, the lab. But it's not only for, for eat or something like this. It's like for any kind of tissue in lab tissue. That's like the magic of scaffolds. You can grow any kind of tissues. It, it's just about how you grow it. But the material is the same. You put the cells, you work in the process, you provide conditions for the cells, and then it starts to, to generate what you need. Yeah, you mimic the extracellular matrix. So the cells like this place. They, they recognize this place. You understand? <laughs> so what was like the, uh, and maybe this isn't like a direct experience that you guys have had. What, the first day in the lab when you were developing it or when you first started seeing results, what was that like? I worked with Scaffold about two years, and I think in the last year, we finally found, oh, sorry, we finally see our results, like uh, the cells growing our materials, the cell attaching our materials, and become more like a tissue, a, a human tissue or animal tissue, like the, the muscle tissue of the clean meat. So I think in the last year, we, we finally see our, our, our working our, our tissue in the lab. Did you did you celebrate? Like, did you guys like dance up and down? Like, what was that like? <laughs> oh yes, I remember the first time we saw like it's like a, a fibroblast picture. No, it's like a picture you have in the lab. Yeah. You use a special equipment and you can see the cells inside the material. And one of these cells, it was a skin cell. This this cell that Anna talks fibro yeah. fibro it's it like was a, a fibroblast. This is as our cells from like skin, and the cell the cell was looking like a star, 
like a beautiful star, like yeah. in the format, in the shape of a star in the in the material. So uh, this is the natural. This is this this result. It was how it was supposed to be. And Anna and everyone was so happy because small things, small things in the science, but they are really, really meaningful, meaningful in a big step for uh, for this this next step of growing tissues. Yes, we were really, really excited. Just uh, I don't I don't know how like scientists party, but like did, did you guys like go out and like play board games or something that night? Or I like board games for the record. <laughs> I'm not dissing board games, but I was just kind of curious, like. To, to what extent you uh, like treat yourself? You know what I mean. Like so, uh, me and Anna, we I, I don't know how most science scientists party, but <laughs> we just party like uh, having a great glass of wine and, <laughs> and chatting more more crazy stuff and planning more more crazy milestones. As long as it's re- relaxing, I'm more of a board game guy. So you you two are from Brazil originally, right? Yeah. Yes. So what's it like moving to the UK? Like you know. I imagine the climate, at the very least, is different. For me, UK is fantastic. Like London, it's a city where you see and you find everything all the time you need. Um, for example, uh, we I was first of all the, the first point I, I really liked it was the city properly. It's really really full of people from all over the world to new all to to meet all these new cultures because Brazil it's kind of Geo has a a geographic is isolation. Like we we are a little bit lost in South America. We just hear Portuguese. We just know each other. And Europe, it's kind of crazy. You meet you meet people all the time from all the countries. A lot of culture, a lot of different scientists, different points of view. And in terms of work, I cannot even like say how fantastic it was. The consulate, the UK consulate, is giving us uh, strong support as well, as they really believe in clean midfield and startups, especially from South America. It was great. What do you think, Anna? I'm enjoying the experience to be here in London, but for me, the weather is the problem. <laughs> I really ah. need the sun of Brazil. <laughs> I, but but I really love London. It's my first time here, so I'm enjoying. <laughs> Well, that's good. I imagine I imagine it rains a lot in the UK. Yeah. Oh yes, that's true. The food is also really different. The food. We can yeah, have no Portuguese food? No no Brazilian food. <laughs> you could always just like take a road trip and go down to Portugal. I'm sure they'd have something similar ish. Oh yeah. Portugal Portugal, yeah, I like Portugal food. It's quite similar to Brazil with some difference. Have you had mentors or like if you have had mentors how have they guided you to get to this point so far? My mentor is Roberta, the other, uh, the other, uh, I have to say, founder of this company. So for me, Roberta is like, uh, she really helped me in the process, not only the process of the company, but the process of research. For me, she's a, a really good teacher in the university and researching, and uh, she loves science. And I think for me, she's like an inspiration. And and, and the better of this is because she she's part of the company too. <laughs> what are what are some of the things that she's helped you with? Like, are there any specific things that you think would help other people? Yeah, she she always helped me in the because in in the lab we always 
stay frustrated because our test is not going well and nothing is working. But she she always talked to me to believe because uh, she she believes in science and for me like she's Anna don't 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 give up. You have to try and you 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 will find our answer of for this. I'm glad you had that support. What about you, Elena? Did you have any great mentors that helped you? I have one particular mentor, like a lot of, of them. I, I I mean, there are three particular mentors. One, uh, can I say names here? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> one mentor, it was Bill Liao. Bill is like an Austra Australian entrepreneur that had uh, many companies before. He has a, a huge background in with entrepreneurship. And he was is he together with Rodrigo Malo. He's one of the the they they both are the directors of the fund that invested on us, and they changed the how we we see things in business. They teach us about relationships, about responsibilities, about um, uh, that business is more personal relationship than than anything. And how can we deal with the hard part of being an entrepreneur? They they were like they teach me a lot, not just about business but about life. And the third mentor that I really liked it was Wayne. His name is is Wayne Murphy. He is another he's another guy from the UK, and uh, he is like he passed he shared with us a lot of technical technical tips of how to run a business, what do you need to do as an early stage company to survive and to conduct things, minim uh, doing the less the less uh, wrong things you can. And he has a really strong energy. He He's the guy who is available 24 hours a day to help you. So it was great. Yeah. Like never give up in the same message for that Anna told you. Oh, definitely. Well, what are some of the things that an early stage science-based startup needs to focus on that you've noticed? It's a mix. It's a balance of to focus uh, in the team, in the business development and the product. Most early stage startups uh, didn't have, don't have the product, doesn't have the product because it's normal. The product is something that you have to work on it. Man, most of the times you need money to develop the product. You need resources to apply on that. So this is one of the the, the, the things you need to worry. But the, the what we could understand is that for, a, for an early stage startup, the most important is the team. Mm -hmm. Like early stage companies are, are made by the team who founded. Like your team needs to have a really, really great connection, a really, really great uh, conversations and share share the, the same vision because when early stage startups do, doesn't have a lot of money, doesn't have much experience. So everything you, you have, it's your knowledge and people who and who you can trust on in hard times. So... Uh, Bill and everyone on SOSV, our the venture fund that invested on us, used to say that uh, in, in early stage companies they invest on teams and uh, and leaders, people who are starting to be conscious about their role in the in the society and teams who can connect. How did you form your teams? Like how did you how did you two meet and how did you form the rest of them? Like how do you know 
Anna was going to be a good good uh, co-founder or, or partner in this. Anna, how did you know that Elena was going to be a good partner? Start this question because I actually arrived after Anna, so Anna was in the company first of me. A junior company. It's a company uh, made up of students of the university. So we really we really done working like we as a company, but we don't have profit. It's clear. Oh, no. It's like uh, this junior company is like it's the it was the place where I met Anna and the other co-founder Lorena. And when she she talks about junior company, it's like this in- initiative that exists in Brazil that provides for students the opportunity to experience in real life the business life. What is to create a company? You have to deal with the financial. You have to work as a in a real daily routine of a company, but it's a non-profit organization. So you don't have profit, you don't have a salary, but it's a great, great initiative, uh, entrepreneur initiative in Brazil. Yeah, so we work together in our junior company and Alana has always been a great work. At- <laughs> well, it's great that Brazil has those types of programs that brought people together. I was I was like invited to be part of the, the team. Uh, the company started like uh, in... January of last year, 2016, and the first the first girls that put together everything it was Roberta, uh, Anna, Lorena, and Alini, the other four co-founders. And like one month or one month and a half after they they started to to have chats about the the company and to start thinking and everything, they called me to be part yeah. of the team. What made them want to reach out to you? So, well, for, from my point of view, it's that we know we we knew each other very well for uh, a long time because, I, as Anna told you, I've worked with her and I've worked with Lorena, and I think we share the same vision. Even in junior company, we were always we always wanted more. We always wanted to reach a higher point. We were always thinking in a way to create things that didn't exist in the university. We were always considered like the, the crazy people in, <laughs> in the university and the other co-founders as well. So uh, as we share the same vision, this, the same passion, I think uh, they, they, when we, they started to look for someone, they reached at me like, hey, are you interested in this opportunity? We, were, we need someone to help us with this and stuff. What 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 happened for you, Anna? You can tell me. No, exactly what you say. <laughs> uh, because we we already work together, and Alana for me is like an example of committed person. She's really had she's had really hard working. When it came to like leveling up or gaining more experience or gaining more knowledge, how have you two been able to do that? Do you like read a lot of books? Do you ask lots of questions? Are there particularly good online guides like how like walk us through how you have effectively learned new skills and built the company if uh elena if you want to start this time well building building skills is something that takes time takes uh, i think the most people you meet the most people you're open to hear the most skills you got from them the the best skills the best skill i think we we learned from this journey is that listen to be a good listener because people always have interesting things to say and they can always add to your point of view. 
So as an entrepreneur, the best soft skill for me is to be a good listener. What about you, Anna? Oh, I think for me, one thing that's helping me, it's like LinkedIn and follow inspiring people like Bill Gates and read a lot of the things that he posted. Another guy is George Paula Lemon. Paula Lemon oh. is the guy that's the founder of Embev. Uh, it's like uh, the biggest uh, beverage company in the world. They bought a lot of companies uh, around the world. He's from Brazil. He's like a, a, someone who really inspired me, especially in, you know. What about you, Anna? Any people who inspire you? Yeah, I have one research that calls Peter Walter. And it's a research about the cell biology. And for me, she's not, a, a, oh, sorry, he don't have a company. But he's a very inspired people for me because of this your research and things that he discovered. So like yours is more science orientated, where Elena's more, you know, business. Yeah. So, so I guess you guys have, you, you, you two found the right roles for each other. Are there any like book recommendations or research recommendations you'd have for people? Anything that you tend to? Uh, I would recommend uh, if people want to know more about clean meat and even meat production, there is a documentary on Netflix that is called Conspiracy that is really interesting for you to understand why we really need like with urgency to change the way why we, the way we consume food, the way we eat meat. It's Cowspiracy, Cowspiracy. And there is a book that is from Paul Shapiro that is, is named Clean Meat, How Growing Meat Without Animals Will Revolutionize Dinner. So this is a really interesting book they've recommended to us when we started the company. There's a lot of great information about what clean meat is actually. It's easy to read. I would recommend that. What about you, Anna? Yeah, I have one of, of Peter Walter, like I say before. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's about cell biology. <laughs> so Peter Walter, cell biology. Yes. All right. Any other ones? Have any advice, suggestions that you'd have for people who are starting out? Like, I mean, you, you got past like the first stage, so I'm just curious if you've learned anything that you think would be like if one of the listeners is like a mentor, a mentee of yours, like you're mentoring them. Like, how would you do so? So, first of all, in terms of how to structure the company, a point where you need to be really conscious, it's, uh, as I said, is the team. Put together a team uh, always with people who you share the same vision, people you trust, uh, people that you can count with them in the bad, bad or great times. You really will need each other and take care of each other in this journey. It's not an easy journey. Don't go for this just for the money. Go for entrepreneur, uh, the, the entrepreneur life as a with a big picture or with with a proposed a proposed in mind. Because there are a lot of easiest ways to to get money than just being an entrepreneur. You need to be passionate about that. Try try to do some difference in people's life, even. Uh, even if you fail, that's not the problem. You you will impact many, many, many people during your journey and spread the movement always because uh, I really believe that entrepreneurship changes the world, changes everything. Uh, I would recommend um, that 
uh, have a try to create a solid relationship with people who can advise you in your field. So if you you're building a software, try to find people that are in the same field doing the same type of of research product. Try to get these people on board with you, even that is like even as an advisor or as, or everything. And never give up because it's not a, a easy journey. Sometimes it's gonna feel like uh, it's like a roller coaster. You wake up, you feel like everything is gonna work, and the other day you feel like, oh my god, I, that's not enough to keep going. But just keep going, keep going. You're gonna be there. Good sound advice. What about you, Anna? Yeah, I think in the beginning, it the the work is very hard, so you have to really like what you are doing. And I think you you always have to look for every opportunity and never think that this opportunity is not for 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 you or for me. And I think I think it's easy, and you have to to and you have to do a really good team. <laughs> This is very important. For for people who want to follow you to not in a creepy way, but like to follow your progression <laughs> and uh, the, well, hopefully not a creepy way. What are some great ways to follow along? I know you guys have a to have a website. I don't know if there's like Twitter. I'm sure you're on like some social medias that like people like. I think Anna, you mentioned you're on LinkedIn. If anyone wants to be connected, I'll be happy to provide any tips or any kind of conversation. I really enjoy to meet new entrepreneurs and people from all over the different fields. So you can find me on Facebook. That's Alana Benz. Like the Benz is the same Benz from Mercedes Benz. A L A N A Benz. And you can also find me on LinkedIn with the same name. And we also have our our website. It's biomimetic.com.br. Connect with us. And you have a Twitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter as well. Biomimetic Solutions. That was Elena and Anna of Biomimetech. We got into book recommendations, where they started their company, how they started their company, advice for people who want to start their own biotech company, the source, or rather how they build their biomaterials and what they think about that, what they're trying to innovate, what their goals are. Really, we covered quite a lot. Thank you for joining us today with Learning with Lowell. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We can be found on Twitter at Lowell is here, Facebook, and on the website, learningwithlowell.com. Also sign up for the newsletter where you can hear amazing content every Monday, new episodes every Tuesday, and new blog posts around every Thursday. Remember to share and tell your friends. Please and thank you. Bye.